Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Oki Show Show. I'm Brian, your host, and this has been a pretty decent week. It's been kind of a sad week. We keep seem to keep losing amazing people. Last week, we lost David Bowie and Alan Rickman, which is super sad and like really bummed me out. But then I got to thinking about my favorite Alan Rickman characters, and uh, his my favorite character of his was the Sheriff of Nottingham on uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And I was just thinking back to my favorite scene of his, and he says, Robin, I'm gonna rip your heart out with a spoon! And then later on, his cousin's like, why a spoon, cousin? Why not an ax? He says, because it's dull, you twit, it'll hurt more! And I remember thinking, I love that because that's true. That's very sound logic. Nothing like getting your murder advice from Alan Rickman. So rest in peace, Mr. Rickman and Mr. David Bowie. That's, man, what a loss. But uh, onward and upward, shall we? So today, uh, Ben Halavity says, Brian Gilliland is a turd. Luke Helms says, I'm a sheet splitter. I split sheets. I'm the best sheet splitter in this whole sheet splitting country. Ah, I almost had it. So this week, we actually have a ton going on. Monday, the 18th, uh, obviously, we got stand-up open mic at the District House starting at 8 p.m. I went there last week, and it was really fun. It was packed. The comics were fan-freaking-tastic. For an open mic, it was really, really good. So you guys should definitely come out to that. Thursday, the 21st through Saturday, the 23rd, OKC Improv is going to be at the Paramount Theater from 7.30 to midnight. And I went to go to one of their shows... This last Friday, and it was, uh, it was so good. It was so, I mean, like, it was like Second City level of good. You guys should definitely get involved with OKCI because we have some incredible improv, like, right in our back door. So, there's that. Uh, also on the 21st, there's going to be a stand-up open mic at JJ's Alley from 8 to 10 p.m. Registration starts at 7.30. Friday, the 22nd, Larry Chin... We Beasties and Hen and the Cox are going to be at 89th Street Collective from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Larry Chen is amazing. If you like kind of cool, trippy, indie uh, rock, you should check them out. If you're not wanting to check them out, you can also check out Bo Jennings and the Tigers, Chase Kirby and the Villains, and Hannah Ashbrook, who's coming in from Chicago. They're going to be playing at VZDs Friday night at uh, from 8 p.m. to midnight. Also, this is a busy night, this Friday, uh, David, there's going to be a David Bowie tribute show with the Whirly Birds and more at the Speakeasy from 9 p.m. to midnight, and it's a free show, so you should totally go to one of those shows, or just skip around, bar hop, or whatever. Saturday the 23rd, Dylan Stewart and the Eulogists, Derek Paul and the Handsome Devils, and Dan Martin are going to be playing at the Blue Note from 9 p.m. to midnight, and then lastly, Sunday... North by North, who's coming in from Chicago, the Mobros coming in from South Carolina, and Ophidelis is going to be playing at the Blue Note at 8 p.m. and come support not just local music, but our you know our local or our musicians who are touring around, and they that's how they pay their bills and feed themselves is by door admission and from merch sales. So come out, support music. It's really really fun, and the Blue Note is always awesome. I did want to also mention that there is a book signing event happening. A friend of mine, she is a survivor of cancer. She's insanely brave. And she wrote a book called Stage 3 Mommy. And she's going to be having a book signing event Saturday the 23rd 
from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., and that's going to be at Dunlap Cotting, which is 609 West Sheridan Avenue, right downtown. It's like right down the street from the Paramount. And um, go check that out. Go, go get her book and meet her. She's an incredible person, and she's been through a ton, and she's got an amazing story. And you should absolutely buy the book and read it and share it with your friends. That is everything that's going on this week that I know of. If you have an event, let me know. Email me, brian at prairiedogpictures.com or on Facebook. Hit me up or on Twitter uh, at, show, at Oki Show Show. And uh, I'll more than likely mention it on the intro of the show. Lastly, have you seen our logo, the Oki Show Show's logo? Do you like the Oki Show Show's logo? Do you need a logo that's not the Oki Show Show's but yours? Well, you should hit up Mr. Clint Walkingstick at Walkingstick Design. He did our logo, and I thought he did an amazing job, and uh, he does all sorts of graphics design. If you need a logo done, contact Clint at walkingstickdesign.com. Today's episode, we are talking to Smith Pixels, who, they're old friends of mine, and they are incredible local independent filmmakers uh, from a video production company level. And they also freelance. And so we're kind of talking about balancing freelance filmmaking, kind of like what I do as a sound guy, and then also running your own production company and doing the full service video production. So stay tuned. It's lots of fun. So here we go. This is episode 12 of the Oki Show Show. All right, welcome to the Oki Show Show, the podcast that dives into the finer details of navigating Oklahoma's film and music industry. I'm here sitting across from two... I don't know why I'm doing this, boys. <laughs> I'm sitting across from two old buddies of mine that we've been on an insane amount of sets together it's over true. the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are the producers. Well, first of all, you're the owners of Smith Pixels. Uh, right. You're the producers of the upcoming nominated for best short film at Trail Dance Film Festival, 21 Guns. Indeed. Which I've been getting to work on the sound mix, and I'm going to show it to you after we get done here. So that's cool. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait. And um, my gosh, what are, what, are, what are some of the other movies that we've worked on together? I know Posthuman was the first one. So the first movie we actually worked on together is actually not even out yet. <laughs> is it? Uh, the Unconquerable. Oh, and, wait. Uh, no, it was Unbreachable. Unbreachable. Was it? I wasn't That's on right. Unconquerable. Never yeah. mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, Unbreachable came out to Sundance, to um, Dead Center last year. And it was real good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was I was pretty happy with how that turned out, and and I think it, it was kind of when we started trying to grow our company a little bit more, and got a couple of red cameras, and started yeah. shooting a lot more, and um, so that was a really exciting time for for us too. Yeah, and for the audience that has no idea what exactly Smith Pixels is and what you guys do, give us the old the old elevator pitch. Well, Smith Pixels consists of myself and my brother. This is Adam speaking. Um, <laughs> I didn't even introduce and, you. Uh, and Smith is obviously our last name. So um, we both have been working together for several years now. Um, and we do um, film production. So that, that has varied over the years. Um, 
but uh, more recently we've been working on feature films in the camera department. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but we are also a small production company, so we can help uh, businesses or organizations take their ideas there and uh, creatively help them, uh, you know, find find out what they want to do and help them make it to make it a reality. That's so. awesome. So like commercials, corporate videos, and that kind of thing mm -hmm. on the, the full service side and then camera department for freelance. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. And even music videos, um, really just, you know, if it involves film, then, you know, we, we're probably have, um, yeah. And I, I feel like if it involves a freaking steady cam <laughs> or not the Ronin, but what's the other one? The go Yeah. The, movie. The well, movie. I've used, but, uh, a bunch of different types, but it's the, yeah. pretty much the same thing. Just handheld stabilizer, either yeah. the brand, you know, is, is Movi or, or Ronin. But uh, we've, I think we've kind of made ourselves a, a little niche there because you really have. Because like I don't see anybody else. Yeah, I mean, there consistently are using. Yeah, there are a few other people who do it, but I feel like w with um, just some of the opportunities that have opened up to us with, yeah. you know, features here locally it's just been really awesome opportunities to to be able to work those cameras on you know major indie films at least for oklahoma yeah <laughs> so which brings me to my first actual question which is you know i i'm sure for anyone starting out they're just looking for work so from your perspective from y'all's unique perspective because you guys are working all the time you're working right now as we speak actually and what's your, uh, what was the progression for you guys to start finding work and getting the word of mouth out there and all that? Well, should we start at the beginning? <laughs> start from the beginning. <laughs> yes. When the you, beginning. When you were a bouncing baby boy. <laughs> Once upon a time. Well, I think uh, uh, we can skip the, the early years, the very early the years. The dark ages. Skip, <laughs> skip to adolescence. The dark ages that we all have to go through. <laughs> um... I mean, really, our, our kind of our career started uh, pretty young because our parents, well, I'll just talk about how we got started in film. Um, our parents liked us to do this yearly thing with uh, kind of a school group that we were in. And uh, we would have to put on a play with these other kids. And, and we eventually just got fed up with it. And we're like, guys. <laughs> Let's just make a movie so we don't have to go up on stage and look stupid in front of everybody. Well, it was more of a talent. It was more of a. It was born. Yeah. It was more of a free for all talent show. Right. And so you could kind of do whatever you wanted to. And, well, that's cool. uh, and but you so, just had to do something. Mm hmm. Regardless. So if you didn't have talents like us, you know, you had to be like, so, oh, what are we going to do? So that's how yeah. the, we, we um, had this opportunity to get all our friends together and make our own short film. So oh, that's some cool. of them adapted uh, Pilgrim's Progress, like into <laughs> oh, cool. a short little um, piece that was like, I don't know, maybe 10 pages long. Yeah. And, and the, the, the wrote it and filmed it in two weeks. <laughs> the bloopers were longer than the actual film. but <laughs> <laughs> As are most high school yes. projects, I'm sure. It was, we yeah, we yeah, edited definitely. it on movie, iMovie HD. Was, <laughs> oh, wow. I think it was like maybe the third version Second of iMovie. Second or third version. Yeah. Wow. It crashed like all the time. It could crash all the time. Yeah. It's terrible. I, I think I was like 13 or 14. Oh, yeah, man. Something like that. So, well, we had a blast. And, it was uh, really fun. I don't think we really even considered filmmaking as like a, an even viable option as a career. Because um, we were at the time we were working with our, our dad who was doing like a lot of remodeling work. 
And then eventually, you know, as teenagers do, we're like, well, we don't want to do this for the rest of our lives. So yeah. uh, remember that thing we used to do filmmaking? <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. And, and you uh, guys are, you did not go to film school. You guys are completely self-taught yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah. And, and, and well, um, about the age of 18, I, I read this book um, who was, that was by uh, Mark Steele called Flashbang. And uh, he owned a, a production company called Steelhouse Productions up in mm -hmm. Tulsa. And I it eventually, yep, still does. It's still there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got an internship with them and, and kind of learned a lot of the things that I didn't know. Right. Which was super valuable for me, even though I, I had kind of a real just, you know, personal projects and stuff, but I never really um, done any work in the industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I learned, I actually, my, my, my internship was for post-production. Um, oh, and then okay. eventually I kind of moved on more towards shooting, but I still do a lot of post as well. Um, editing in, in some motion graphics, but, yeah. uh, were you surprised by how much <laughs> you thought you knew that you didn't actually know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, that it's was something... my experience. The first time I stepped foot on like an actual set, I was like, Oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just the difference of going out with a little handy cam, which is pretty mm. much all I had at the time. And then seeing lights and cameras and yeah. boom mics and... And the full and, coordinated yeah. effort between all the different departments and how everybody right. is working together as a unit. And all mm -hmm. these people that have their own specific jobs on set. And where, they don't do any other job but that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, at first I thought, oh, that's such a waste to have so many people on set. And then actually yeah, being on set... just like one man banding it. Yeah, yeah. Actually being on set, then you realize... Oh, each one of these people has a unique purpose that they're here for and they're the best at that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's super cool and what makes, you know, being on a film set so much fun. Absolutely. It's just like a big family, you know. Were you yeah, intimidated so. the first time that you walked on set or were you just like, oh, my people, I'm home? <laughs> I think it was a little of both, actually. Because <laughs> I, 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 I think, uh, you know, sometimes... <laughs> I think that's more of a question for you, Lainey, which by the way, Lainey's in, in the studio with me again today. I'm just sitting in the corner yeah. working. <laughs> but you started working on film sets this past year, 2015. And I'm still terrified. <laughs> Mainly because there's people like Andrew and Adam yeah. walking around. Yeah. Yep. So that's Like why. the lumbering behemoths of film knowledge. And you yeah. always have the, what's it called? The... Oh, I have support a rig that I use for the stabilizers that yeah. kind of goes over my you look shoulders, like a robot which is a royal pain around. in my ass. Because <laughs> I have to boom around this guy, and how tall are you? I mean, you're sitting in the the studio with two of the shortest camera operators in the state, so <laughs> smallest guys I've ever met in my life. <laughs> no, I'm I'm six seven. And so. then when you've got the stabilizer system on top of you, you're almost. Eight feet tall, probably something yeah. like that. And I have to bring a boom around you. You look like Robocop. I think, I think Brian and and my mutual understanding on set is that you're the reason I can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah. hey. You're the reason I'm always in trouble. Yeah. Especially with that freaking movie. Oh, I hated that movie. No, it's funny because I feel like the last three movies that we've worked on, there is either a movie or a steady cam present. And it's always shooting wide and tight. We didn't have mm -hmm. that on Gosnell, thank God. Yeah. But <laughs> like, there's been so many movies that's been like two camera teams. But well, I think that's one of the cool things about the Oklahoma film community is that 
um, it, it's super prof- professional. So you can't, you know, you, especially the, like the first time on, you can feel really intimidated because it's like, wow, this is like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. like, and I'm just like this tiny little gear. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, coming in and I want to make sure I don't like mess up everything. Yeah. Um, but I think what's so cool about the Oklahoma film industry is just how there's, there's so many awesome people. Um, and I think it's been awesome that we've been able to work with um, some of those that really have a mentor sort mm-hmm. of sphere yeah. or atmosphere around them and they make you feel welcome and oh, they yeah. also, you know, um, help you help. They, they really help motivate the whole crew to be better. Yeah. Um, and, um, and that just sort of, it, it really can build um, so that everybody is really trying to bring their best and yeah, um, and so also true. encourage everyone to like, you know, like, well, what if you did it this way? Or if there are, you know, like from some of the first times I was on set, I know for sure it's like, oh, there are like industry standards for little things that I had never thought about before. Yeah, uh, such uh, as? Um... There's so many now that I, like, I don't <laughs> lost track. Yeah. I've well, lost it track of them. It kind of extinctual after a while. Like, you, yeah, it, it you does. Don't touch the other department's stuff. Hey, I made the mistake oh of touching my. one of your yeah, props. Yeah, you lady. can't say. Yeah, yeah, I was, you I can't one say of her props that. When I got yeah, you you almost got me in huge trouble. And right before I went on set, I get a big spill from Brian of set etiquette: don't do this, don't do that, don't ever touch anybody's stuff. It was a, what was it? Do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. about to will out a prop, and then I realize I'm like, that didn't look like that yesterday. <laughs> Thank goodness for continuity photos, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. For those of you who don't know, Lanny was the props assist on Gosnell. What well, with one. me? That was the first movie that we mm-hmm. worked together on. Yes. Yeah. I was I was one of many. So yes. Yeah. I had day played on the last week, but yeah. But you, you almost know it's dead sexy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> enough about you. Back to these guys. <laughs> well, and and that learning that set etiquette, like it starts to make sense mm-hmm. when you're in that big crew, um, and uh, and you start to appreciate it more. I think the more you do it, yeah. and and how helpful and how 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 smooth it makes some things, mm-hmm. um, and that I think that's a challenge for a freelancer or like someone who has a small business. Um, is that jump between, you know, like a one man band, um, where you have to do everything yourself. If you don't, you're, you're, you know, you're going to come up short and you're going to be missing something if you don't do it. Um, as opposed to coming on with a bigger crew, um, and learning how to do your part efficiently and, and, um, you know, and making that team teamwork work. Yeah. Which actually kind of brings me to my next question, which is how do you guys balance the freelance work where you are with the full crew and you have all the set etiquette and everything and then the full service stuff that you guys do together on on the well you guys have done some bigger scale stuff but for the most part there's smaller projects that are just the two of you how do you make that work because you're dealing with clients while you're on set at the same time (laughs) and that can sometimes get pretty convoluted and complicated how do you guys deal with that I think, uh, I think it's different when you're working with a client because, um, there, there's kind of an expectation to, uh, entertain or keep them kind of, um, reassured that you're doing everything possible to make their, their baby or their project happen 
to they want the, they want to be know, priority yeah exactly one. but they they also want to add their input however small or big yeah. um that that is and and and, the, and what's awesome is you know in the last year or two we've had clients come up to us with you know a basic idea but they're like you do it how you would you know oh, you, you would like it and I, that's a dream and I, yeah it's like every filmmaker's dream right yeah you're just like, that's amazing oh yeah i i, I can make this what i think and, and a lot of times you take, when you take ownership of it like that, you're like, I can do a really awesome job for this yeah. person. And sometimes um, that ends up making a way better result for the client than they right. have ever imagined while micromanaging, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, I've definitely had that experience. So both sides. So in that, in that, in that sense, like you you've got to keep your client, um, you know, in a, in a good headspace with, with that. And then also keep the production or not the, slow down production yeah, while you're exactly your own stuff well yeah. with, man practically that means when you're working 12 hours that when you get off set in the evening you pull out your laptop and get wi-fi and you start working on emails or you start yeah, mocking right. up you know things for your own own projects and and one of the things i think as like working with a bigger crew you realize you can do more with more people and realizing that as a small business, you can't do everything yourself yeah. when you have no time. Like we all have 24 hours a day. Some of that we got to sleep and eat. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and realizing that those projects that you've taken on, you know, like if you're working full time on a, on a film, you might need to bring in other help to help you finish your projects on right. schedule. Um, and, and I think that's that awareness of working with a bigger team and and that's one thing we do do on projects when we when we get a film that we know we're going to be like full on we bring on help to and we did that with 21 guns the short film yeah um, where we had people helping us just um, subcontracting right. people out to to help you out on yeah to help us move it along basis. and and then in the evenings we would give input and make sure things were you know rolling um, so it's i think Smart. it's it's a knowing what your limits are yeah yeah knowing what you're capable of some people don't need any sleep um i i have to have at least a little bit every night <laughs> yeah you sleep I, when you're dead <laughs> my problem is that i just can't sleep and since i can't sleep i feel like i should be doing something mm -hmm. i've got like wicked insomnia <laughs> you do but um that's really cool of the just the subcontracting stuff out and knowing your limits what do you say to the the person that um is a little too ambitious. Um, you know, I think it comes back to when we started our business, you need to ask yourself what, what we asked ourselves, like what is success in our minds? Right. And so like for a person who's, who's maybe too ambitious, um, I don't know. I, I think I would just go back to the question of like, what is success looking like in your mind? Mm -hmm. Um, and for us, I know that's changed over the years. So like when we were when we were first doing stuff, when we got a a wedding slideshow opportunity for a hundred bucks, we were like, yes, we have made it. <laughs> oh. You know, like we're doing what and we like to do, yeah. and you know we're we're making a slideshow for this wedding. And now it's like you you couldn't pay us hardly enough to do tell <laughs> like that. Anymore. Oh, dude, I don't touch <laughs> weddings with a ten foot pole. Right. It takes a special kind of talent and patience to do weddings, a uh, gifting, I should say. Yeah, yeah, but there but there are stepping stones to get to where you want to be right. in your career. And, as, and it takes a long, it takes right. time. Exactly. I think, I think that's what I've noticed with people that are a little too ambitious right out of film school. 
like, I'm going to take on all these projects and I'm going to take any offer that's given to me, even if it sounds better, you know, uh, too good to be true. And most of the time it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, one of the things that I, I, I read um, recently and I uh, forget who, who the book is by, but it's, it's a great little, it's a short read um, called Anything You Want. And I, like I said, I forget who the author is, but one of the lessons in there is that if you can't say heck yeah to something, then just say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's such a valuable tool just for life in general, but also especially for your career, because um, there are times where you just need to say yes to a whole bunch of different things to yeah. get you know, experience, to build trust in, in people that you're working with, to um, you know, hone your skills and, and everything. But then once you've kind of developed yourself a little bit more, then you can be more choosy and, and say no to certain projects so you can say yes right. to the ones that you really want to do. Yeah, which I feel like that is kind of a, that's a threshold of success in itself is the power to say no to something. <laughs> like once you've reached that point where you can say no, that's a kind of a big deal. <laughs> that's where you want to be. Right. I think that too many times people think of success as being like f- rich and famous and all this kind of, especially in this industry. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be a famous director or a famous actor. And it's like, hmm. Okay, that that might happen twenty years from now. But if you're talking mm-hmm. about the here and now, let's. And, <laughs> and I like shorts. back to also success. Like sometimes you, um, with that rich and famous, there's the the famous aspect. I think has a sort of um, underneath it, sort of like a pride of like having worked on certain projects or yeah. like having worked on a lot of projects or mm-hmm. you know. And so those are all things that like when you start asking yourself, so why do I do this? Yeah. Um, you start finding out like why you really would say yes to a project. Yeah. Um, why do I? Say, why am I saying yes to this or, or considering it even? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know there's been times for me because um, sometimes we do we do different things. I mean, we obviously work together. Some people think that we never leave each other's sights because <laughs> we're always working together on films. Yeah. But the rea- I mean, we both have very different personal things that we do. Right. Um, and one of the things I really enjoy doing is traveling. Um, and so, and, and also volunteering at organizations and helping in a, in a media related way. Oh, um, weren't you just recently out of the country? I was, uh, yeah, I got to go to Africa, the democratic Republic of Congo for a month. <laughs> it, it was really kind of a, a, a big risk, I guess. A big yeah. healthy yeah. risk is what I like to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I did it. Um, but in my mind, uh, to me, that's kind of one of those success things that I, that yeah. at least in this mm-hmm. point in my life, where I feel like that's important to me. And so that means making some sacrifices, you know, to, to be able to do something like that. Um, but I, I really think that why question of like, why are you doing this? is is really important and it helps you make that transition from like you have to pay the bills right that's yeah, going to be a yeah. why that's going to be a why mm-hmm. you know and so if that is true then this right. um like i need to take this job because it will pay the bills um and yeah. i'll do it and i'll do it well yeah. you know it, and that's that's one of those whys for me too like we want to have a level of excellence in our work uh, that's that's a success to us if we have the excellence then I feel like it can be a success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that can drive... I want people to think I'm sexy. <laughs> you camera guys. <laughs> camera guys. Everybody always says camera guys are the rock stars of the set. They are. You guys are the rock stars Everybody of the set. Everybody wants to be the camera guy. Uh, mm-hmm. The boom operator is just the pain in the ass on set. 
<laughs> you know, to be honest, sometimes I feel like the camera guys get way too much credit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I, I, especially coming on film sets for the first time, I was like, wow, there's like so much going on to like building the set. And mm-hmm. then like, I think the unsung heroes are the, are the set dressers and like oh those, God, yeah. those, those people just work like their butts off the to props get people yeah, and the props set deck and... people like those people don't sleep. I mm-hmm. learned that from just her just seeing her right. doing props assistant like oh yeah i was just assistant. For like 20 hours yeah i had and i had no idea like how fragile the art department system is if somebody fails on something it could crumble <laughs> just very the whole machine explodes <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. well and then there's a lot of pressure on grip and electric to like all right all right all right let's like yeah. throw this together because mm-hmm. we're because then we can film after that's done mm-hmm. yeah. um and so yeah i feel like there's the day is when they flip the set i get <laughs> Well, I think I think that's the cool, uh, interesting thing about film sets too is is because you have all these different departments and stuff. It's it's almost like they're shining a light around in a, this dark room, and then each department is in its own little corner. And when the spotlight's on you, you better be yeah on it. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, and that's your moment to shine. Yeah. But then that's it, why it'll like. move on to somebody else. You yeah. Know, like to set deck or to. That's why I feel like the, the concept of screen acting is just terrifying, like on the big sets, because like the whole machine stops for a second and everybody looks at you Depending and you, on and you, you. Like, go <laughs> and you've just got to nail it the first two takes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the worst is whenever an actor forgets their line or something like that. And they're just like, oh, we got to wait again. <laughs> um, let's talk about working for free because you guys... You work well. You can you, we not you, talk about it? No. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There are some things that working for free is a good thing, and there are some things that working for free is being taken advantage of. Right. How do you tell the difference? Um. Well, is that person your friend or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are they just calling themselves your friend to use you? Right. <laughs> no. Adam and I actually talked about this earlier, and and we were talking about how. You know, the 48-hour film sets are, are a great example. Mm-hmm. There's a 40-hour film race, and it's awesome. You should do it if you haven't. Um, it's a it, must. It can I, be a lot of fun. It, it can be terrible. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's it, a must experience, I feel like, right. for someone who um, haven't done it before. First of all, if you haven't heard of it, um, basically you are given a genre, a prop, and a line of dialogue that you have to put in the film, and then you're. it's up to you to come up with everything else. Um, yeah. And it has to be done in 48 within hours. 48 hours. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> it's uh, I've been I've been doing it for like s- probably six years now. You I feel and, like you uh, guys have been doing it longer than everybody else around here. Like, yeah, because we we I don't know we've been in, involved in a lot of races and uh, I I have a blast every time because it's yeah. just like what can you do with this you know these limited resources to make yeah. the best film in 48 hours? So uh, and then the computer crashes at hour 47. Right. No! <laughs> oh, you get a ticket on the way to the thing <laughs> and that's happened too <laughs> um, but it's one of those free things that is worth it you can meet a lot of really neat people mm-hmm. um, and uh, and you can have a lot of fun doing it too yeah. um, and, and it's all about expectations too like you're not going to make a blockbuster in 48 hours yeah. you know yeah. but good. you might get into several film festivals if mm-hmm. it's good yeah and you might meet people that you want to keep working with that mm-hmm. you know oh that's my favorite part of the whole thing is like running into new people 
Like I feel like that's the, the 48 hour is like the best networking event that you could possibly right. get involved in. To me, the 48 hour is a great place uh, for a filmmaker to give yourself a live uh, working interview um, yeah. to, to, to work <laughs> so with true. other directors or other, you know, other yeah. people in the film industry in Oklahoma, because it is such a small community that, I mean, honestly, if you've worked in two or three different, you know, film sets in Oklahoma, you've met half the, half the production crew. Yeah, of Oklahoma, yeah that's no lie. You know, so, so once you get connected in those groups, then you have to find out like, okay, who are these, who are the people that I'm going to get along with? Who do I really enjoy working with? Yeah. And then how can I get them involved in a 48 hour with me? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and then you get to work with them kind of in that capacity where it's your own project instead of a bigger machine. That's, you yeah. know, kind of, so. And it, that is true. Cause like I, 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 I feel like we had a couple, there was a couple people that were recommended to me and, uh, rather than getting them on to a paying job for the first time and meeting them for the first time, trying them out on a free job to see how they are. Mm-hmm. And when they absolutely kill it, then hell yeah, I'm going to hire you right. for a lot of different stuff coming up. Well, and yeah, I mean, and the, 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 the short films and, and any, I think short projects that you are, you know, wanting to be a part of even, even some of the independent features that I've shot here that have super low budgets. Mm-hmm. I've worked for free on a couple of them. Um, you know, usually not like for weeks at a time. Cause I just, yeah. You know, yeah but like for a couple of days or, you know, days or so, or, um, it's, it's worth it to me because, you know, I, I want to be involved in those projects. I want to see those happen. And outside of like, donating money to that project. Yeah. If I have a day off or something, um, I'd love to, you know, go out and help on, on different, different yeah. things. So I feel like donating manpower is a lot more valuable than money. Right. Especially on, on, on films where they only have, you know, $50,000 or something. You yeah. Know, it's like, yeah, it's really nothing to make a feature film. Um, yeah. and so, so I think that is a super valuable as well. Cause you, you know, you, you're earning <laughs> reputation with those filmmakers and hopefully if they make their money back on that film, yeah, they're going to remember the people that worked hard. Um, at least we're hoping and <laughs> hire you for their next production. So, yeah. so now the flip side of it is when do you draw the line of, I do not do that for free. I think Adam, do you want to tackle this question? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's like the most hardball question. Yeah, I, I mean, it is, that is a that is a, a tough one. I think it goes back to your like motive. Um, right. What's what's their motivation for doing it free? Because mm-hmm. um, I I know well we had a project. Um, twenty one guns. Yeah, twenty one guns. It was a music video. It start, so it started off just as a music video for the Bo Phillips band, um, out of Stillwater. And, um, thanks to, uh, we're in productions, Wendy and Shree and, uh, NGP and also Luke Helms for taking and writing. Luke Helms wrote a story, uh, sort of based on the, the yeah. song and it evolved into a short film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and through those people, especially they, really gained momentum to create a very low budget film and right. cast and crew sacrificed a lot to be on set. Yeah. Um, there, and there wasn't, a, there wasn't, it wasn't about finances for anybody right. there. 
Well, and I, I think us part included, of the reason even though was, we were kind of started in that. Yeah. And and so I think a lot of that, um, we kind of showed people uh, what we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to be really clear on expectations about like, this is what's happening, um, you know, and it, you'll have, you know, like gas paid and there will be food. Right. And, you know, right. we're not going to work you to death. Yeah. Um, and so uh, knowing what the expectations are on a free project is really important. And sometimes you only know those through experience of, yeah. of you know, knowing people and, and knowing w- what they're working on. Um, I, I would prefer not to do free projects. I want to pay people because they're worth it. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that I was kind of a little inside whenever I <laughs> have a project that like I have to ask people to work for free. Yeah. And when we paint, we felt in pain to ask people on that right. project, project, even even though so many people were pouring into it, it's just hard to ask people to work for free because they, you know, people deserve to get paid. But it was, I feel like it was kind of one of those exceptions. Like so many yeah. people were pouring into it and it was just like, there's so much support and um, energy behind this yeah. that I don't want to be the one that stands in the way of it not being great. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and so it kind of like swept us up and we're like, well, I'm not going to be the one that, that, <laughs> you know, like stops this energy. This is like so awesome. And I think everybody that came on set and that worked on those three days of production felt the same way. And it seemed yeah. to have that same energy throughout the three days of um, shooting. Uh, the important thing I think we decided early on was that people need to be fed. Yes. Um, Especially when they're working for free. Food is such a huge thing. Yeah. If, if you are going to work for free, I would say draw free. the line on <laughs> making sure you at least eat. Yeah. Like you need to oh, eat gosh. those days. Yeah. So if you're not eating, there's a one line to draw right there. Yeah. Red flag. Yeah. Red flag. And then the next, I would say, or maybe even first is sleep. Like, you know, yeah. like if you're working 18 hours or they're expecting that of you, you got to draw the line. Like, right. you know, it's not going to be safe for you to be driving sleep deprived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say That's those are one two. killer of crew members is driving home. The, and that's something that I don't think people are aware of. Yeah. That, that is, it's really dangerous to drive. To drive. After an 18 hour day or. Yeah. yeah. I mean. And usually locations are so far away. And usually locations are so far away too. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, let's, I want you to touch on that a little bit because you work on, you have worked on some projects that have sent you out, you know, to where you work how many hours? And then you have an hour drive back. The longest I think I've worked was a 19, 20 hour day. And then it was an hour and a half drive back. So yeah, that was scary. And that was as a production assistant. Yes. Yeah. Which is why we love our PAs so much. (laughs) Love on them. (laughs) Some of them. They work hard. Tirelessly. (laughs) Yeah. And, And I would say that those are two hard lines to draw. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't matter how big of a production or how small of a production, it's not worth you physically, you know, hurting yourself or dying. Yeah. Yeah. If you get in an accident, you know, it's those are two hard lines mm-hmm. you need to draw. And don't be afraid to stand up for yourself yeah. in, in either small mm-hmm. or big production and, you know, address those issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're important. And, and sometimes people forget about how important they are. Yeah, that's very So true. as far as other ways to draw the line, um, you've got to pay the bills. And, and I think during our transition time, uh, knowing, knowing what that is, you know, like if you can do this amount of work, then you've got your bills paid for that month or the, or the two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so when you're making that transition of doing work, making sure you 
get the you know your bills paid off you've got yeah. you've got that paid work then you're free to say yes to some of those no you know no money projects those sure those free projects mm-hmm. yeah. because you have that peace of mind that your bills are paid off yeah so that's, I, yeah that's something that i do too like whenever i have a surplus then I'm like oh okay cool i can <laughs> i can invest in I a couple other people stuff. over here can yeah be helpful yeah because <laughs> those free projects i mean they're great opportunities to meet people to learn things um yeah. to be a part of really cool stuff well, plus, yeah. if you invest in other people, they invest in you. So it's that is very true. That is very. There is something right. very much to be said in the spirit of working for free, of investing in other people, and um, not in a I scratch your back, you scratch mine, but investing in somebody, knowing that if anything, you're going to get a good friend out of it, and then you know, good things always come out of that. I find absolutely. Yeah. So well, I think one other point is uh, that I wanted to make was. There's really no such thing as a no budget film. Like, right. It's, it's uh, kind yeah. of a myth because <laughs> there is it, a budget somewhere. <laughs> it, either, you know, everyone's investing their time, first of all, which yeah. there's time as a resource that we just don't get back. Right. Um, and then, secondly, you know, gas money of getting locations, the food, hopefully, you're feeding your crew. If you're not, then. Hopefully people don't work for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, such a, it's so funny. That's such a, it seems like such a little a primal thing, mm-hmm. like in, just the, the concept of food, of like feeding your people. Right. Like take, take care of your men. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think food wise, just to clarify that situation too, would be a longer day, full day production right, full. where, yeah. you know, you're working 10 hours, 12 hours or yeah. whatever it is. Well, and the union standard is that there's not, it's uh, six hours? Every six hours. Six yeah. hours and then lunch break and then another six hours and the second meal. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you should always have snacks, though. Everybody there should always snacks. be snacks. Snacks for morale. <laughs> That's the best part of being on a movie set is that there's free snacks. <laughs> Cheese strings, fruit snacks, like that. We're all just grown up kindergartners on film set. Dude, there was one time the crafty girl brought s'mores and it like made my day. I was like, we have s'mores on sets? This is the best ever. I remember you came home talking about it. Like I can't, it was the it was, best day of your life. It became a story. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, this crafty lady brought s'mores. It was I crazy. Think, that's a myth. That's one thing that I think is, is crazy, though. <laughs> because s'more. I've been on paid sets that um, that you, the morale isn't as high as the one, that one, you know, no budget, quote, unquote, oh, yeah. no budget film that had amazing food, like, yeah. you know, catered uh Every, yeah, or, yeah, 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 whatever. Like yeah. So what you're saying is, crafty or makes or breaks the set. It, it, well, just the morale. Yeah. Oh, Choose well, your yeah, crafty I, wisely. I totally, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true. Like crafty, if you want to do all, all you have to if it, it, you get a disgruntled crafty lady and she'll be like, you know what, this movie is dead because I'm gone, <laughs> and then the whole production just comes to a grinding halt. Mm-hmm. Where's the snacks? That's true. Do you take our snacks? <laughs> give us snacks or give us freedom. <laughs> Crafty leaves. Crew goes on strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to move on now. That uh, last segment of questions and whatnot was brought to you by cats. Because nothing says companionship like a walking butthole. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so, as you guys know, this is a uh, discussion podcast, but we also like to play some games around the end of the show. So, you guys okay to play some, some games with us? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this first game is going to play... Blah, 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 blah. This first game is going to be a game called Three-Headed Monster. And the way that this works is that Andrew, Laney, and I are the three heads of this 
one monster, and we can only say one word in a sentence going around. Uh, Adam is going to be interviewing us with these prepared questions here, and uh, we have to answer these questions as the three-headed monster. Everybody, everybody feeling good? So feeling we, fat and sassy? Are we a scary monster? Or are we just a normal looking? We're just a regular old monster. Regular just, old monster. Just regular old monster. Do we have pointy teeth? I think we should all use just this voice people. though. Just, <laughs> just, 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 just eating people. <laughs> just, just, you know, gnashing Well, that makes things stuff. different now, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so this is three-headed monster in three, two, one. All right. First question is, as Donald Trump's running mate, what do you plan to do about his crazy wall plan? Well, my American dream is to build <laughs> build a lot of walls. Big, fat, sassy, <laughs> Cheeto, puffs, walls. <laughs> they will eat. <laughs> Through all of the making, Amy. I feel like I vote for that. Cheeto walls. Cheeto walls. Cheeto within the wall. In Soviet Russia, Cheeto wall eat you. Next question. All right. As the first ever oh, dual running mate in the 2016 presidential elections, how do you plan to balance time between Hillary and Trump? Well, that's a great question. Politics are stupid. And I hate Bernie. Womp womp. I see how we've all already gone uh, partisan in these uh, these questions. Hashtag feels burn. <laughs> okay, and the third question. As the first ever dual running mate who is also running as the third party uh, candidate, how are you better than Trump and Hillary but still supporting their campaigns. Well, I am stupid, but John is stupider. <laughs> John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> and that's how you end that game. You so, know, if, uh, if the presidential debates were more like this, basically, the slogan of this would be, hate Bernie, Cheeto, Walls, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> That's 2016. the title of today's episode. <laughs> hate Bernie, Cheeto, Walls, John Cena. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next game. Okay, so this game is called Actor's Worst Nightmare, and the way that this works is that Adam is going to be reading from this book, Directing Actors by Judith Weston. Here you go. Thank you. And uh, we're going to be playing out a scene where uh, we are two soccer moms watching our kids at the, uh, at the beauty pageant. And I have to... He can only... Adam can only uh, say... <laughs> Adam can only say his dialogue from this book. So, for example, 
uh, I would say something to the sense of, would you just look at her up there? She's just so, she's just so darn gorgeous. And she's just so darn gorgeous up there. It's a tiny surrender, a tiny leap of faith. <laughs> and so on. <laughs> so here we go. This is Actor's Worst Nightmare. God have mercy on my soul. I feel like I'm going to use that two, one again. Two soccer moms at the beauty pageant with their, watching their daughters. Three, two, one. But the eye contact I'm asking for is a giving and a receiving. Why does she keep staring at me like that? Smile, do your twirls. I just, I would, I was trying, I would like to just watch my daughter. Would you just stop talking to me about watching you? You're just sitting here, sitting here fat and sassy. Really good actors don't ever judge their characters. I'm not judging her character and she's not acting. She's dancing. She's dancing her pee-picking little heart out. And I would just like for you to hush your mouth because we were sitting here and you're making me talk and now everybody's looking at me. During these performances, I could feel the steam on my face and in my nostrils. I'm sorry. Did you just fart? Is that what you're telling me? Did you just fart in my daughter's performance? You're going to interrupt her performance with a fart? That is just, that's just wrong. That is just wrong. I told you to lay off the popcorn. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. Great? You're doing great. <laughs> First, <laughs> Isn't she doing great? She's just doing so great. <laughs> First, I ask the female actor to go out of the room, and I speak to the male actor. Now, that, Okay, now, now you're just getting dirty. During those two weeks, he found her, himself visiting her room whenever he had time off. I did not want to know. I did not. She, she's not yours, is she? Or she's not your husband's, I mean. She's not. She, you, you are you. You are fat and sassy. Some actors are in touch with their imaginations with enough to surrender themselves to an unconscious sense of belief in the situation no matter how improbable. I told you, you need to stop living vicariously through your daughter. You just stop it, you momager. You're a momager. That's what you are. Just a big old fat, sassy momager. You're doing great, sweetie. That's right. Hi. Hi there. She would recall or create the half hallway or room where it happened. The sound of his voice... The heat in her face, etc. Why are we talking about this still? This is this is starting to sound like a pornographic porno. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was good. Well done. I totally misunderstood that game. Sorry, I, I got like, excited. Who is this random lady talking here? <laughs> hey. She's she's on stage. I thought it was all of us. I was like, this game is fun. Yeah, I feel like it was a good practice round. Whenever we did it with Rachel Messer, uh, I was reading and she was having to kind of react to me, mm-hmm. and it was it is like because you're just reading. And, like, you're not even paying attention to what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so we're going to move on to the next game, the next and the last game. You guys ready for this? Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so this is a game called Columns. And the way that this works is that Adam's going to, or Andrew's going to scooch a little closer to Adam. I'm going to scooch a little closer to Laney. Ew. Hey there, sweetie. Hey. So the way that this works is that uh, Andrew and I are filming, we're, we're shooting footage, we're shooting aerial footage. <laughs> Uh, and the plane is stalling out. So we're playing out this scene, but at any point in time, I'm going to be saying a piece of dialogue, and I'm going to touch Lainey's leg or shoulder. <laughs> there was a pause. <laughs> touch I'm Lainey's leg. Mm, <laughs> that's your leg. Sure it is. We're going to mm. need you guys to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so at any point in time, I'm going to be saying dialogue, and I'm going to touch Lainey's shoulder, and she's going to say the first word that pops in her head that starts with a C. So, for instance, oh, I can't wait to go see the... Canary. Canary. 
Those, those canaries are legendary. Legendary canaries. And uh, so Andrew is going to be doing the same thing, but he is going to be touching Adam's shoulder, and he is going to say the first word that pops in his mind that starts with an S. So, for example... Look down there. It's a... Salamander. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so this is uh, Andrew and I are in a plane stalling out, but we're trying to get the shot. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, man, we're flying another one of those sharks. I, well, I mean, we are over the ocean, but, I mean, this shot is beautiful. It's, uh, it's really, really pretty. Thank God we got the corpse, the corpse on film. Ooh, couldn't we have shot that on the staples? Staples? Shot yeah. it on the staples? I don't think yeah, the, a I corpse... Think... You saw a corpse at the staples center? No, no, no. You put the, the, the staples in the corpse on his... Steak. Steak uh, before you kill it. The, the zombie oh, style. Oh, oh yeah. right, right. Because, yeah, it did look like he got kind of shanked by a steak. Mm. For some reason, I was thinking that you were talking about like him being slapped in the face with a steak. Like a T-bone. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, are you sure that's what you want to have as your famous last words? Well, well, I think my famous last words are going to be how beautiful this amazing shot is. Don't you think? I mean, it's a shot of a... Caterpillar. It's a shot of a caterpillar uh, in a plane yeah. in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I regret not shooting this on my camera on the ground. Why didn't we shoot this caterpillar on the ground? This would have been a lot more practical. We wouldn't have to use the... Cheese. We wouldn't have to use the cheese lens to be able to get this caterpillar. Ah, oh, that's where our whole budget went to. Was the that kind of cheese that smells like slime? Oh, the slime cheese lens. Oh, Ugh. we blew our whole budget on the slime cheese lens. Why did we do that? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what are we gonna do about the engine? It's cape. It's cape. It's cape. It's, it's in that horrible status of cape. Did, did we? <laughs> did we accidentally uh, hit? Superman, and he just I, got sucked into the engine or something. His cape got caught. We, that would be a really good reason to be going down right now if we took out Superman with this with this corgi with this corgi corgi plane. I don't even know how we're fitting in this thing together. This corgi, and there's a corpse, and then the caterpillar. Scully's corpses and caterpillar. We're going down. What are, we, what are we gonna do? We gotta can. We gotta can this this rig. Maybe if we throw out the. Salt. We can still... <laughs> the salt serve. is taking up so much room in the cockpit. Why did you bring your lucky salt? Uh, it's just one salt shaker full of salty, salty goodness. Well, that makes sense. It's a salt shaker. But it, did you have to bring the 10-ton salt shaker with us? Why do you have a 10-ton salt shaker as your lucky salt shaker? It's... By the way, we're still going down. <laughs> uh, don't we have... Someone flying the plane besides us. Oh, yeah. His name is uh, Coop. His name's Coop. 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 Oh, Coop is dead. Oh, he's, he's the corpse. <laughs> that was Excellent. really funny. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on the show and uh, playing along through our little craziness. Um, before we sign off, can you give us your website and your where we can find you on social media? smithpixels.com that is smith s-m-i-t-h-p-i-x-e-l-s dot com Um, and I'd also say check out uh, Trail Dance Film Festival um, is playing one of uh, the films that we had such a great cast and crew help out on 21 Guns Yes, and that is uh, 
at the end of the month. Also, yeah. many, many other great Oklahoma films. Yes. So, before, and, also before we go, can you give just a quick little synopsis of 21 Guns, like the little uh, log line? Uh, yeah, so I did write that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the story about a soldier in, in his family and uh, his friendship and sacrifice and it's kind of hard to talk about a short film because you don't want to give away the plot that's that that is um but it's well worth your time you should check it out yeah it's it's, it's beautiful it's a a drama it's uh acting's amazing yeah the and the sound mix is fantastic i just gotta say (laughs) thank you brian (laughs) (laughs) and thanks for having us on the show tonight it was really fun no good i'm glad you guys had fun i'm sure we're gonna have you on again well i'm sure i'll see you down at trail dance we're gonna i'll be putting together an episode down there too sweet sweet well thank you guys and you can follow the okie show show on twitter at okie show show on instagram at okie show show you can also call us at that number uh, and then you can, of course, check us out on iTunes Podcast at Okie Show Show. Subscribe to tell your friends to subscribe. It's lots of fun. And, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And we'll see you guys next week on the Okie Show Show.